Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're watching Avatar! The one with blue people, not the one with the kid with the blue arrow on his head, just to just to be specific. It's James Cameron's Avatar. So uh, get ready to join us in looking at this uh, fantastical science fiction adventure. Joining us as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Simon Haynes, everybody. Hello, Stephen. Simon, you've not seen Avatar? As astounding as it is, yes, I've managed to dodge this ball for 10 years, yeah. Right, well, you're getting shot today. I'm sorry <laughs> sorry to reveal that, because uh, you're going to watch Avatar. What do you know about the film? So, it's basically space colonialism, but I think the good guys actually win for a change. Mm-hmm. But I've also got a joke prepared. See, I'm wearing my Tobias Fionke t-shirt, mm-hmm. and I figured that's good because it's a white guy who wants to join the Blue Man group. You're not far off. That's a... <laughs> That, that, there's not many other ways I think you could link Arrested Development to this film, uh, but I think you've found it, so well done. Um, so, yeah, you, you, uh, you know that it's space colonialism. Uh, most of my knowledge is basically cultural osmosis. I don't really know... I know the kind of overarching point, the plot, uh, just from stuff I've gleaned. I don't know the specifics. I really, I've never watched this. I've never even watched, like, clips of this movie uh, i did study media about the time when this movie was out but i was literally too busy doing homework and stuff that mm. i never actually saw this and everyone's like you need to see it in the cinemas i'm like okay i'll get around to it and then 10 years happened yeah i, I it just surprises me because it was such a, a sort of a cultural touchstone within science fiction and you being such a a, a, a big consumer and having such a great knowledge of science fiction <laughs> I it's, can't tell you. It, mm. It's just one of those movies that seems to have, um, it, you know, been those, a few times like, well, we should go and watch this. Okay. And it never happened. Mm. It's just one of those movies I've just seemed to just avoid. Well, that's unintentionally. O- that's okay. That's why we have this whole podcast. Know, for people I, like and, you. And as not. soon as I suggested it to you a few months ago, I was like, I am saving myself for this moment. Mm. Well, uh, joining us to uh, help you with your first time watching Avatar, it's someone who's seen the film. Uh, welcome back to the program, Sam Knox, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. Sam, it's been more than a year since you've been on. So, Has it really? Yeah, so I have to ask, who are you, Sam, and what do you do? I'm Sam. I am a scenic artist and an improviser. And, yeah, I think the last one was Batman, yeah? It was. It was The Dark Knight. That was the first time yeah. I've ever seen uh, The Batman before. Mm. Yes. Have, or any of year? The Batman. We should follow up. Have you seen any more The Batmans? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, there's there are a few more, and did you? We sorry, get did you, you watch any before or after The Dark Knight? Is literally your entire Batman universe just that one movie? My whole universe is that Batman that's, movie. That's really cool. Yeah. To be honest, we might not get you on for another one because it is the best Batman film. We yeah, should just. Don't... Don't watch Dark Knight yeah. Rises. I thought because I was quite annoying. Don't watch Don't viewing. watch Batman Forever. Because oh, like, I had to walk that. away because there was gruesome bits. Yeah, it was it, it was a surprisingly tense film. Avatar, though, you have seen. I have seen Avatar. I think I saw it twice when it was in the cinemas because wow. I was pretty I was pretty excited by the whole thing. You must have taken one of my tickets. Yeah, I did. I tracked you down. We <laughs> we could have met long before, but mm. I didn't want that to happen just yet. Yeah, the time is right. The right time now. is now right. Yeah. yeah. So, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can people like Simon and others who have not seen Avatar expect from this film? Um, lots of nudity. <laughs> if I mean, I you're had not, known that you're beforehand, not <laughs> you're not technically wrong. Um, I don't know. Lots of CGI nudity. I I'm a very aesthetic person. So I find that quite captivating about the film. However, I was talking to someone today about this podcast and I haven't seen it for probably a couple of years. So I'm wondering if it's aged 
in the time that I haven't seen it mm-hmm. or whether I would look at the CGI now and think, wow, that's, that's not as sort of uh, groundbreaking as I thought it was when I first saw it. Yeah. Now, I do have to ask, when you saw it in the cinema, did you see it in... 3D. No, no, because oh. 3D makes me queasy. Oh, really? And also, my sister, her eyes can't register 3D. Right. So I mm. went with her and my dad, and yeah, so we just decided the 2D. But I feel like, I feel like then I can enjoy it the same way I enjoy it at home. That's true. Mm. I can't watch 3D okay. in my living room. Because so. the one time I saw this film was in the cinema, and it was 3D. And I am curious to see what a 2D rendering um, is like uh, by comparison. So we'll we'll uh, we'll find all that out uh, when we review the film. But the only way we're going to be able to review it is if we watch it. So <gasps> shall we watch Avatar? Yeah, I guess. I'm gonna eat some popcorn. Sounds I mean, I'm good. Here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop in your DVDs or Blu-rays. This was one of those big Blu-ray films. Mm. Uh, pop them in. Uh, and grab yourself a handful of unobtainium as we prepare to watch Avatar. I forgot that they call it unobtainium. Ah! And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Avatar. And by we, I, of course, mean Samantha Knox Mm. and Simon Haynes. Hello. So, Simon, that was your first time watching Avatar. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I I liked it. Not Okay, I'll be honest. It's not a movie I don't think I'd ever watch again. Okay. This movie reminded me of a... Get the number right. A 1970 movie called A Man Called Horse, starring mm. Richard Harris. Basically, the premise of uh, A Man Called Horse is that um, it's you know Western, and uh, yeah, this is back when the Westerns when the Indians were always like the bad guys kind of things. Mm. Well, this is like the tail end of that, and it's based on a book written in the 50s, I believe. And it's a thing where um, a white guy gets basically captured when the engines go in like cause some trouble and he's kept as a slave a man called his basically his name is called horse mm. and of course after the during, you know as he's basically treated like shit but he starts to become one with the people and mm. event you know it's over the course of like a few years you know he starts learning the language learning their way slowly starts kind of stop being one of their slaves earns his right in the people becomes it's essentially, you know, Dances with Wolves with better. Okay. So, you know, that thing where, you know, the white guy learns, but it's also not the white saviour trope. You know, the mm-hmm. white the white guy has to be the one to save the day shit. Yeah. Except in, in this film, it is, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it is interesting revisiting this because I remember the first time I saw this film and the only time I've seen this film before today, I didn't really enjoy it. I, I thought it was okay, but I did leave kind of with a bit of a what's the fuss about kind of yeah, feeling. No, that, I, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. But I think I enjoyed it a lot more re-watching it. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. How did you feel, Sam, coming back to it? Um, I like the film. I think the film, but I've got, uh, I don't know if this is like the right way to see films, but I see them as entertainment value. Mm. And that's how I read a film. It's a, it's a product made to entertain and to deliver a message. And it depends on messages can range from super impactful to not so, or to redone. Mm. Um, So watching it again, I still enjoyed it. I still really love the visuals. I don't think that the CGI has aged too badly, but I'm also not a CGI like fanatic i, I mm. think we should you know specify that we're watching the dvd we're not watching the super high res hd versions yeah but yeah some of those um smoke particle effects weren't that great and <laughs> i'm not i'm it, not as clued in on the smoke particle it, effects every single time every single time it oh no they just stood out they look they look like bloody stock they look like stock smoke mm. um every single time it went to the humans it felt like a video game I got, okay. the, I got video game vibes. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the the bit that jarred for me was when we're first introduced to Jake being inside the Avatar body. Yeah. When it's the Avatar in a mostly human realm and seeing yeah. seeing the Avatar body, which is CGI, interacting with a mostly real environment. Um, mm. 
it's an uncanny valley issue. Yeah. It, well, the, the problem is um, with with a lot of these visually created creatures is they just don't feel as though they have the weight to mm. them. Mm. And in those in that particular scene, uh, mm. I I didn't feel it worked. I think because it's surrounded by real yeah. and natural things, but as soon as you put the Navi or the avatars into a CGI created environment, yeah. then they sort of blend in and, Absolutely. and sit in a that, weight. That's exactly yeah. the point. When, All those when, human elements had to be CGI because that's what they're interacting. And even they had no... Like, he's tugging on things and it's like, oh, I'm just whipping things around. Yeah, it was. It, it just didn't quite read well. And, you know, this film is 10 years old. We, mm. We've had 10 more years of people practicing this to the point where there probably are films that, that do this better now. Mm. It didn't read as being dreadful you know looking oh, no. at it's it's not unwatchable it, it 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 just doesn't quite read but then w- once you get the the navi characters in the jungle environment and mm. interacting with each other and then interacting with say a single human actor or a couple of human actors it read really well it's almost like you have to i find this like uh uh, when I first started reading Shakespeare, I didn't really understand it. But then when I started performing Shakespeare, then it became a lot more um, second nature. Mm. It's I think as the film goes on, because you see the Navi more and more and more and you kind of understand the surroundings, I feel like your brain is trained to perceive it, I suppose, correctly, if mm. I can say that, as opposed to trying to find and reconcile the differences and the similarities between the human world and the Navi world. I find that... Mm. Uh, by probably halfway in the film, because you spent more time in the Navi land, mm. you're kind of acclimatized to that, yeah. as opposed to thinking, well, how does this fit back in it's, it's, human it's world? This, okay, uh, I'll say this for Cameron. Uh, I do like his films. I do have an issue with this, but I'll get to that in a tick. Um, he's a great storyteller, so this movie is done really well at that. Like, you get introduced to the humans, you could, honestly, you could probably just get away with it. You get rid of the humans altogether to a certain degree. Because <laughs> that middle section of the movie is enthralling. Mm. And it's okay. kind of bookended by not great storytelling. Interesting. I had the exact opposite reaction. I felt that the interesting bits were the first and the third act. I found that whole second act of... I'm learning how to be part of the Navi culture. I'm learning how to ride the giant birds. I'm doing all this kind of thing. That bit really dragged for me. I, oh, I really liked that bit. That's yeah. probably one of my favourites when you sit and live in the one spot mm. of the Navi tribe. I think my issue is that uh, it's the only part of the movie that feels like they cared. And this is, mm. where, I'm, this is where I'm going to get to the criticism. This is something I've never, ever said about Cameron. Mm. This movie feels derivative. It does. Oh, it absolutely. does feel so, And absolutely. I've never thought that when I've seen a James Cameron film that this feels derivative. On the whole, I enjoyed I enjoyed the the movie, but yeah, it it just was one of those things I was like going, I've I've seen this before, I've seen this before, and I don't feel like to give to give credit to the movie, I think they spent so much time on the design of the mm. Navi and all those elements. That's why it's like I I felt enraptured and enriched by all that stuff mm. and it's a great lens to tell the you know the fish out of water story to it feels like they had developed a world but then they didn't know how to make a movie around mm. it yeah i agree i feel like i've seen that movie before but also it's almost like an icebreaker mm. to the world i don't think i think there's so much more that could be delved into and so much so many more complexities to the, the tribes watch, and, and the characters. I could watch like a Navi nature documentary <laughs> narrated by David Attenborough. And I think I'd probably enjoy that more than I'd enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of makes you feel like it, it's sort of shoving an environmental message in your face, which is valid. But yeah. at the same time, as you said, it's not we've as seen preachy, it before. Though. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't find it as preachy, except, except as I think I just found it What about an Obtanium? <laughs> I mean, the the plot of this film, such that it is, is that <laughs> the humans are there to get unobtainium. This yeah. this sort of like you know, th- this is something that we need. Uh, it's it's alluded to that the it's earth a, is it's dying. A, it is the, the almost dictionary dictionary definition of a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's literally a trope. Unobtainium. Yeah, is the, a trope. And Jake is is thrown in simply because he's the got the same genetic information as someone who was meant to be there, but yeah. his brother who died. 
Um, so he gets thrown in instead yeah. because super expensive uh, fleshy suit avatar thing. Again, per- <laughs> perfect fish out of water. You're introduced to the Navi and their culture through the guy that knows nothing. Yeah. As opposed to the guy who's... St- I love that. The, oh, God. I, I don't remember most of these people's names. And that's just me. But they don't really... You don't really get an introduction except for Jake. Mm. Let's face it. Jake is the plot. But his buddy... He's the plot. Yeah, he is, he is the anchor of the film. That's fair enough. Uh, but his buddy is like... You can see him right at the beginning like, Yeah, I, I, I have spent like five years studying this language. And they choose the jarhead. <laughs> mm. That bit was brilliant. Yeah, that felt realistic. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a funny film, particularly on the derivative point. Mm. I would probably agree with that. You know, looking at other films which uh, James Cameron has directed... You could argue that Titanic is maybe derivative, but I feel as though what Titanic I, I did... I have a confession. I've never watched Titanic. Okay, well, so. um, that's that's fine. Um, I, I watched 10 minutes of it and I turned it off. I was bored. Don't well, worry. I watched the first half 10 years ago and then they hit the iceberg and then it got really sad, so I stopped the movie. And then a year ago, so nine years later after I watched the first half, I watched the second half. I, I, and it is awful it's an awful <laughs> second half of the movie i understand that it was a tragedy mm. and i should have expected that the funny thing However, is i studied the titanic when i was in like primary school or high school like, like years ago like way before the movie came out so it's kind of thinking like yeah i know it ends <laughs> exactly but also yeah i don't want to i don't want to i don't know i but, needed to shield myself from like the oh, human side of it oh but when i think of like cameron cameron movies i love even like his schlocky like I even made a uh, as I watch this I made a True Lies reference mm. and I think that must have been freaking deliberate uh, I, True Lies is basically James Cameron making a spy buddy cop movie and it didn't feel derivative mm. um, uh, The Abyss is one of my favourite science fiction films I love mm. The Abyss and yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like The Abyss ever Yeah, I'm watching this movie going I like Jim Cameron why am I not feeling this? Well, I agree. I mean, Terminator 2 is arguably one of the best action blockbusters ever made. Yeah. And it's got really unique ideas. Titanic, uh, episode 31 of the podcast, by the way, because when we reviewed it, go back and listen to uh, <laughs> what other people thought of it. Uh, but also, um, even though that might be considered derivative because it is, you know, a, a romance story with, uh, you know, people from different worlds meeting and then tragedy and all that, I, I almost feel as though it was so well told it was Mm. such a good example of that story that it moves beyond being derivative and arguably reintroduces that kind of storyline into the public consciousness i don't think avatar does this but i also don't think that's the point of avatar no i was just about to say i don't think that the point of this film as weird as it sounds is the plot i think it's this amazing new never seen before technology using mm. face recognition with the actors and it's almost like mm. they needed a simple easy to understand plot that could slot right in and it would make sense yeah. for the humans to be in a place where you can also synthesize this like fantastical environment I, I think that's what i'm getting at when i say like i think they were more focused on the world than they were on the plot and it feels yeah. like i feel like you got this plot hammered in the beginning you let it flow, and then you had to kind of, oh, yeah, we've got that plot to deal with. <laughs> to yeah. slightly misquote Jeff Goldblum, they were too focused on whether or not they could make Avatar instead of whether or not they should. Um, I'd be interested to see, because there's more movies coming out soon. <laughs> yes. Well, there is an Avatar 2 currently scheduled for release in 2021. But this, if that happens or not is a different story. Yeah, the, the Avatar sequel has been in the running for a long yeah. time. Yeah, um, and I'd be interested to see if that tackles a more complex storyline because they've broken the ice with this one, so you kind of understand the world in which you're entering into, or whether it's now just another reproduction of a, well, a plot that we've seen before. Again, I'm trying to harp on another guy, but James Cameron, in the for like literally the last couple of decades, has kind of been known as a really great procrastinator when it comes to <laughs> making movies. It took him ten years between titanic okay fair enough titanic was actually quite a big movie mm. to make like just logistically it was one of the most expensive movies ever made it was supposed to flop and he took him a long time to make avatar he's also had like 15 other projects in the t- meantime but yeah fair due to the guy you know he, he gets them done but when is the issue yeah 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 i mean i don't particularly know if i feel like it I would want another Avatar film, but I think that's also yeah. because 
as great as this world is that they've set up, it's not a world where I'm like, I just want to go back and invest in it. I can see why other people would, though. Hmm. It is very well told. I really love some of the concepts, the the blending of, of almost like mysticism with science fiction, hmm. which I think is quite compelling. You know, the, the idea of the Na'vi seeing, the, you know, everything through a, an old world... Um, lens of you know the trees and the spirits and the gods but you have the so the explanation scientifically from susan sarandon's yes. character of grace saying uh, sigourney weaver yeah sigourney weaver sorry I, I know i said susan sarandon Imagine if susan sarandon was in it yeah wouldn't be as good i would suggest oh, no, no. I think, yeah a sorry as a different character yes sorry sigourney weaver um her her portrayal of grace which is excellent as well she was great she is really good but that character explaining that it's you know it's like a neural network and the whole planet is like uh this many times more connected than a human brain i love that i even love the um uh the biofeedback with the uh with the animals how it's Mm. essentially a tendril system which connects Mm. them so it's a more of a reflexive um bio oh god a symbiotic a symbiotic relationship between, <laughs> and yeah, anyone is going to say, I think, yeah, that I was thinking of uh, Phantom Menace as I said it. But I love that. I yeah. love that it wasn't just a, oops, this is just ooga booga mysticism versus science. This is actually, you know, well, it's both. biology, biology versus, well, assholes. Yeah, but it's, all, it's also one of those things where both perspectives are equally valid. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was a really fun way that we don't often see in a lot of science fiction yes. um which which is really quite quite lovely um but yeah um i have to say uh local boy done good uh sam <laughs> sam uh worthington as um I, I jake, jake sully sam worthington or jai courtney i, don't know. I was hoping it was jai courtney he needed more diction in the way he spoke he but did that's sound just... he did sound a little bit rockingham in certain scenes <laughs> where the accent just slipped a little bit when when he does the big speech and you can clearly see well they probably didn't give it in to him in navi because he couldn't act in in navi to so you know he has this big, you know, the puffy chest speech, yeah. which, yeah, we were saying it's like Independence Day, uh, yeah. Brave Hearts. <laughs> he totally could use those speeches because the oh, Navi yeah. wouldn't have a concept of Winston Churchill or any of our great yeah. sort of yeah, Winston. orators. Yeah. Mm. He's, I mean, he, he, he's interesting. And we should say, yeah, we, obviously we record in Perth. Sam Worthington is, uh, you know, grew up here and... Um, to the point where a friend of mine directed him um, oh. when he was an up-and-coming actor. I, this, a few years back, this shortly after Avatar, he, a friend of mine said, yeah, I directed him in one of... This is my friend's, like, one of his first directing jobs. It was a play. Sam Worthington was one of his first acting gigs. And he said, yeah, he was pretty good. That was all he had to say about it. I'm like, he's in, like, Avatar, and all you've got is, is he's you name-dropping, Stephen? <laughs> it's me name-dropping... Through someone else, uh, it's, uh, it's like a yeah second second hand name drops. Yes. Um, we yes. should point out this is now the second highest grossing movie. So, are you a friend of a friend of Sam Worthington? I'm a friend of a colleague. I think oh. that's how it works. Wow. Um, but it's more obviously, it's really nice seeing uh, people from obviously our vicinity going yeah, and doing absolutely. that kind of thing. It does feel a bit as though this was kind of it for him at this point. I mean, he, he's not, it's not as though he mm. can't do anything ever again. He's only in his early 40s, but it, it does feel as though there was like a couple of hot years there where it was yeah, like, he was yeah, in that absolutely. and the, 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 the big Greek god fighty fight film, uh, like the oh, Clash yeah, of the yeah. Titans. That's yeah. yeah um, but I, it just feels as though... I feel like he's fallen off the radar a bit, but that yeah. could also be me not watching the films that he's in. Yeah. And not following him as an actor. He's, he's probably going, no, cancel my orders. That Avatar 2 is coming around right around the corner. <laughs> Possibly. Um, I mean, he was in Hacksaw Ridge, which was pretty good. Couple, about three years ago. So, you know, he's, he's fine. That's, uh, he's fine. But, that's, that's the Clint Eastwood directed one? Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mel oh, Gibson. Yeah, I knew it was an old white guy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's. But I think he is quite good in this, despite the, the couple of, you know, uh, accent slips here and there and things like that. I think I like him more as a Na'vi than I do watching him as a human. I don't know why. Okay. It might be it might be the Simba um the Simba <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'll say it. I'm attracted to Simba. Don't know why. But T- from the Lion King, I don't know why. Don't ask me. Don't can't, no, no. cartoon in a live action. I haven't seen the live action. Okay, so ca- and adult Simba? Or just No no Yes, adult Simba. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not, a I'm not that kind of a pervert. 
I'm but just... I, I find that I'm, I don't know why I'm talking about attraction, but I find that I'm much more engaged with Navi Sam Worthington than mm. I am with human Sam Worthington. I, I don't know why. There was more personality to yeah. uh, Navi Jake than human Jake. But also we have more opportunity to see True. Yeah. an emotional range from Navi Jake because True. most of his big character development and twists came in Navi form. Yeah, he was quite stoic as Do you know what was form. really bugging me? I could see how the order they shot this film because of how he because sh- of his beard length. Mm. Because you can see where all the scenes where Jake is on the base, he's clean shaven. They even do the thing where he shaves his beard before he goes back to base. Mm. And then there's the other scene where he's in the thing. He's got the beard stubble and it's just like, oh my God. I'm like... And all the scenes where he's with the evil <laughs> Colonel McEvil, he's clean shaven. I'm like, oh God. And apparently he's also going, because I, I mentioned this earlier. Well, and all the human stuff has like this veneer of CGI on it yeah, that bothers yeah. me because I'm there going when I first saw the preview pictures and stuff I'm going is this like Final Fantasy of the Spirits within CGI humans I did get a bit of that yeah, now that you mention it that is the film that I've been thinking of this whole yes, time it, I, it, it does have a bit of that aesthetic but it's like I know most of those environments are probably CG mm. that's just just Monday filmmaking but it's almost like they you know how they do the the, the uh, Marvel has now pioneered the anti-wrinkle cream CGI effect, you mm. know, where they try and de-age stuff. It feels like it's a proto one of them. So I'm there going, did they want to just make Jake clean shaven in all those photos? So they just digitally erased all of his <laughs> beard? It, it could know, it, be. I think for me, part of it was when we first get to the planet and they've got those really cool looking oxygen masks yeah, over their face. Yeah, they CGI'd some mirror reflections yeah, on Yeah, there's that. something about the sheen of those masks yeah. which doesn't read quite right. There's a lot of plasticiness to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's what's doing it. Is there's some kind of plasticiness to the humans that maybe go, are they actually... And it's just that borderline where you're going, is this mm. a CGI effect or is this a human? Yeah. Mm. Like, that kind of creeped me out. I think that's why when I enjoyed, when we finally got, when we jettisoned the human baggage and we just got mm. into the Navi world and it was just nice. Well, I mean, speaking of the Navi, um, that the, obviously we, we meet, um, the, aside from our uh, uh, avatar navvies, mm-hmm. um, navitars, was that appropriate <laughs> to call them that? Oh, I like navitars. You can call them whatever you want. Oh, thanks. Um, the but- sky people. No, no, sky people are humans. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but when we meet... Um, Neytiri? Neytiri, thank yeah. you. Uh, when we meet Neytiri, um, it's kind of an interesting character in that... It, it, it's strange that I kind of feel like um, Zoe Saldana has been really typecast as mm. being daughters of powerful aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... And it's it's one of those things where it's like I can see why she ends up playing. I wonder if she's going to go through the entire spectrum. She's done blue. She's done green. Yeah, Ooh. that could, could happen. But um, but the actual character of, of Nate Terry is 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 a good character, but just doesn't feel as though there's anything particularly outstanding in terms of. I think it's that problem of a lot of this film doesn't feel that original. It's good mm. acting, but it kind of just feels like Pocahontas it, with a bow and arrow. It's the it's the tough girl trope where she's, but she's still got to be saved by the, the, the basically the white guy. Yeah, yeah. I I remember doing some reading a while back because there's always that mystery about the the fact that Grace Sigourney Weaver can't hasn't been back in the tribe for years and years and years. Mm. And I think I don't know whether it, maybe it's in the movie or maybe I've read it or maybe it's in a deleted scene that I've watched. But it's because when Natiri Natiri had a sister. And when they were in school, um, there were people from the human colony came mm. and shot up the the school, and she mm. watched her her daughter, her sister mm. die in front of her with right. Grace in the room. They really did hand wave the whole English thing. Yeah, really exactly. Quickly. Which yeah. I learned it at school. But, but school. I think if I think if they'd added in a few more details like mm. that to Natiri's character, mm. then you kind of get a sense of why she's the way that she is, as opposed to being like. You are the humans. I am the Navi. Like that's that could have been that's added. What it is. That could have been a bit of dialogue right at the beginning. Like we tried to set up a school there. Yeah. I don't recall it hearing could, that. For me, my, my my issue with this film is that the middle third drags. Not like, the mm. content is good. Like oh, you could cut out half an hour of this film and it probably pays mm. better. And, mm. But all you could even replace half half of that time with showing 
more, or giving more context mm. to to the school. You don't even have to show it, but other than just having a couple of photographs, and that's kind of about it. it it's one of those things where it's like I, I would actually maybe be more engaged with that as opposed to you know like quick let's jump on the the big flappy bird things even though they're kind of important to the plot i just felt it it was quite it it, it was that thing of the film's purpose is showing off look what we can do with this technology as opposed yeah, to yeah. Uh, yeah. like being a let's push the plot line yeah or a narrative and that's make it a bit more complex that's fine if that's what you want to do and look this film made a lot of money yeah. like from from that perspective they did okay so it was it was nice simple entertaining and that's great for if you want a big mm. audience especially an international audience true and look i mean this is you know you can't really argue with it in that sense i also don't think it's it's not a bad film. No. You're, you're, no. It, it isn't a film where you're like, ugh, why is this happening? Ugh, not, they've killed <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez's character. Ah, oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, called that. Yeah, that, that one, yeah, it, it's, that happens. One day she'll survive a movie. <laughs> one day. One I day. think you'd have to have a, pl- a plot that is a crowd pleaser if you're spending mm. that much money on something yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, I think the, the film was set up for a success. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but this definitely hasn't... I, it was a huge cultural zeitgeist... 10 years ago. Yeah, it hasn't really it, carried through. Yeah. There's not people in, like, Navi Halloween costumes the the way that other things have continued. There were Navi Halloween costumes, though. Mm. And I, I'm going to use this to crowbar one of my favourite YouTubers, Jane Nicholson. She did a video on um, Halloween costumes, and she had the Jake costume, and it looked horrible. But even better than that, she's a huge theme park enthusiast, and she does a video, like a 90-minute video, on Pandora mm. for Disney World. Oh wow! If you like, if you like this and you like the aesthetics on that, uh, watch it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try and send you a link or something. But yeah, just search for uh, you know Jenny Nicholson Pandora. You should be able to find it on YouTube. Mm. Mm. And I've watched that more times, and I've watched it like three or four times because again, I think I just mm. like the the designs and the visuals are really cool. But I had no idea of the plot. I remember when I when the movie came out and the in the six months that followed, I have Photoshop on my computer and I would make everybody into avatars. I remember I would, that. I would just. I would just turn them into avatars. Yeah, I've seen you just blew out. I've seen them on your on your social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you space out the eyes and flatten out that nose and yeah, add dots. yeah. You stretch pieces and then yeah. you color them blue and you add little dots. And I used to be obsessed with doing that. I haven't done it for years. You but... reckon you still could do it? Oh look, I'll do you as an avatar. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. The the end fight sequence in this film, actually, I think is really impressive even it's 10 years on it, it it it's epic it's not you know like a grandiose like swords and sandals or lord of the rings type epic but it is uh, it, it is epic in what is happening and it feeds into that fantastical side of things and mm. I, I think it actually really does lift this film up a little bit because you want to see what this fighting on an alien world looks like and there are things that react differently and like when the animals get involved and the planet fights oh, back and all that it's, that was brilliant yeah that that bit it was actually really engaging i i really enjoyed that mm. i i didn't like the fact that one person pretty much took down the entire two ships mm. <laughs> that was a bit eek. but yeah. kind of knew at that point it it was reaching its end and you just it was just that moment you're like going you know, you, you kind of just there going, hurry it up, hurry yeah. it up, hurry we, it up. We, we'd also killed off most of the other characters that could have yeah, done that. So. that. Oh, I've forgotten how badly about like late two thousands speed ramping was still a huge thing. Mm. I'm going to throw down at the dramatic moment, and I was like, oh wow, I'm glad we got rid of that. Yeah, there was a couple of years where that really was hanging around. Um, is it is it all Zack Snyder's fault, or is it um, or was it just something that was in the air? The at first the time? time I saw it was in two thousand seven from three hundred. I think he definitely popularized it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, but that was also the fact of we were getting like really high, good quality, high speed digital cameras. So that hmm. became again a, a technical thing to show off. And if there's anything you can say about this movie, it's a technical show off. It is. It's a oh, great looking technical yeah, show. Absolutely. Off. Um, I have to say, having watched it now in two D and having previously watched it, it with an extra dimension. Oh yeah. Um, I would say that this is better in two D. Nice. Um, I remember being really impressed by that third dimension. A lot of those um, digital displays that they're interacting with mm. when they're showing like maps of the tree and things like that, and the little floaty plant things. Um, mm. They did look good in three D with that extra dimension. 
but everything else looked like balls. It was <laughs> because the problem is, is no amount of that is worth the color desaturation you get. Even with yeah. a film as colorful as Avatar, you lose so much color from the process that was happening at that time with the lenses, with everything that you do, mm. that it, it ultimately, I, I think this film looks for me looks better with just the two dimensions um e- even though you don't get some of those cool effects that were obviously designed for the 3d so we didn't obviously and i obviously didn't know that because of watching it in this pose so those little sky jellyfish thing yeah. so they were out they the were screen. more in 3d yeah. yeah um and and just that feels like one of those gimmicks they all always do with 3d it's like we're yeah. just popping out of your screen yeah not as obvious as like uh the snake in the harry potter and the deathly hallows that just jumps at the yeah, camera yeah but bad but, but reasonably uh notice- noticeable if you're in the 3d environment i also feel like around that time i remember just everything had a 3d version yeah mm. whereas i don't feel like you see that as often these days maybe no. i'm not seeing the right movies but no, i just don't it's, see it, it's 3D not being pushed. versions it, it yeah. was really being pushed in the late 2000s there was a big push about 3d in visual entertainment you may mm. remember there were a lot of televisions that were 3d tvs mm, there was even yeah. experimentation um because i watch a lot of english premier league football in 2009 to 2010 during that season the first ever premier league game shot or recorded in 3d was broadcast and it was a game between arsenal and manchester united united won three one um, <laughs> but i remember that um but I, I but from that game i also remember that you know they were saying this is the first game that's being shown in 3d and people did watch it and they went it makes virtually no difference, difference. to to the experience <laughs> it was ultimately not deemed i guess a technology that was worth the the hassle for yeah, the benefit. Yeah. I guess the only way you could do that and say like something like football is if you've got like uh, a camera that's on the ground mm. and following a kind of like video game kind of physics. Mm. Yeah. So you've got it. Okay, we could, let's get a little bit nerdy. Three D works on depth of field. Yeah. And if mm. you've not yeah. got a if you've got a shallow depth of field, which most sports are, because you're trying to get a lot of information in a short amount of time, it's not going to do deadly yeah. squat. Yeah. Whereas this movie has a lot of depth of feel because you've got objects in front, objects in back. So floating mountains, floating mountains all, the, all this kind of stuff. Again, it's it's a it's a two, three hundred million dollar tech demo and it's great for that type of stuff. Yeah. I feel like this movie would be great. I don't know if you've ever been to those theme parks that has the 4D yes, experience. I've yeah. been to Universal Studios. They're yeah. kind of cool. I feel like this would be a great thing for that because of moisture and air and you're out in the out in the wilderness and all those kind of things i feel like that this this would be a good film to watch in in 4d with the yeah. kind of well, yeah every time someone puts on a mask you get like a little rush of air yeah and stuff like yeah that. Well, well that's what they've done in uh the theme park you get to you get to inhabit a navi and ride one of those flying oh, wow. monster things okay because i obviously remember all those names <laughs> and yeah so it's that thing where you you basically ride a bike i'm guessing but you've got a yeah. visor on and so the this gimbal so it'll yeah. move and yeah. i love that type of stuff i think yeah. it's brilliant that's what vr should be aiming for is that kind of experience, experience. yeah, yeah. Mm. ultimately though is it is it a good film i think i think that's it, it, it's one of those interesting questions where as a tech demo it's mm. very very good mm. and we've said that the narrative is fine without being outstanding but ten years on, like, does it does it stack up to other films of the type? Like, so I suppose a comparison, maybe not a fair comparison, would be something like Avengers Endgame, where mm. it's like that. But that film is the big spectacle blockbuster of this year. Um, is it, ignoring the fact that it's the culmination of like a twenty-two film series, just in <laughs> just in just in terms of you know these these big visual expectations i can be be objective here i can say that of the two highest grossing movies i've seen endgame twice and i'll watch that i'll watch that again again it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of depth it's Hmm. it has a lot of build-up i'm I'm also a huge fanboy avatar i said it's it's a movie i I, I could i could watch again Hmm. in 10 years maybe yeah, it's maybe when the next movie comes out, I might watch it again. But it's just that thing of like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm good. Mm. I think because the plot is, I suppose, shallow and the characters, you only mm. really get a surface view. It you leave as a viewer going, oh wow, that's amazing. But also, I don't really care about the characters too much. I think for me, the saddest part is watching that big 
six-legged horse run on fire towards mm. the end because you're like, oh my gosh. I must admit, the the tree, the giant. Actually, I did have a joke. Um, so if the oh, giant gosh. tree, if a giant tree falls in the woods and no navy around, are the humans still evil? How do you uh, want yeah. me to respond? Um, <laughs> Laughter is good. Yeah, I'd say they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that said, though, that was a really good, a gut wrenching moment. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I have to say, we've not talked about him yet, but Stephen Lang's character, the, oh, the Colonel, Colonel, Colonel Evil, Colonel Miles, uh, oh. quarter staff. What? Uh, sorry, he doesn't need to breathe. Quaritch. Am I, I, I I'm the only one who thinks that half of his half of his scars were CGI'd on? Not the face ones, but like his arm ones, just yeah. a bit floaty. I, I can't say I noticed, but oh, yeah, it'd no, be so a was, weird thing for them to. Again, know. I think that's just that thing where my brain's just going, half this feels CGI, mm. like the humans yeah. feel CGI. I loved, I loved him as just being <laughs> unrepentedly an asshole. Mm. I loved it. It was great. I loved all the, I really loved all the actors in this. They yeah. did e- a really good job. E- even though you had an issue with the human characters, just being yeah. kind of forget about it. Again, I can appreciate mm. people at least putting in the effort and, mm. you know, selling their characters. Mm. I have no issue with that type of stuff. Even if not, the, it's like, it's like certain other directors who are massively huge. It's like I, I can see the actors just doing their best with the material they yeah, got. The yeah, yeah, trying awful. to put as much as they can behind it. I reckon yeah. I see the humans in Avatar the same way I see the humans in Jurassic World. I feel like <laughs> they're vestigial. I feel like you could all you could delete them and just watch a movie about the Navi or the movie about the dinosaurs, and it would be just as good. You kind of kind of want to see the dinosaurs stomp the humans, don't you? <laughs> What about Avatar World, where it's the Na'vi fighting the dinosaurs or becoming friends with them? I like the becoming friends with them. Yeah. I don't think... I I would not watch the They'd Na'vi to... fight the dinosaurs. I think I'd be very conflicted. Okay. Especially if it was Taruk and the the um, Ikran, mm. as the, the sky dragons are called. If they were fighting the dinosaurs, I feel... I can't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else getting? Anyone else getting vibes of how I met? Uh, how I met your dragon? How I met your dragon. <laughs> that would be a really Kids, interesting. I'm going to tell you the story of how, how I, I met, met your, your dragon. dragon. <laughs> how to train your dragon? Some of, the, I, of course, this came out before, but I feel like someone was cribbing from that from Avatar. I've only mm. seen like half of the first movie, where like the of How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. I couldn't get into it. What? There's dragons and I humans. Know, but, and they tell and you Ger- how to train them. And Jared Butler but the, the is the actual the, bits where what's his face? The human boy. Hiccup. The human boy. Human boy trains toothless because that's the only character I know his name. Like those little vignettes. That that's I think that's a perfect description of this movie. It's a series of vignettes. Mm. Hmm. It's a really good series of vignettes, but mm. there's no really good overarching plot. That said, I'm looking back at the films that were released in 2009, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, with the handy help of a search engine and the phrase nice. 2009 films. And Avatar is one of the ones that actually stands out. I mean, other films that came out that year, um, obviously, there's all very different types of films, but The Hangover, oh. um, Inglorious Bastards, which I actually quite enjoyed. That's a, um, that's the, a nice popcorn film. Yeah. The, the Sherlock Holmes film with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was a thing. Um Star Trek, the reboot. Yeah. Um, well, less said about that, the better. Oh, I, um, I, I, I am a hardcore Trek, in, and if you ever do those movies, mm. I am down for that. All right. Uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, District 9. I think District oh. 9 is probably the standout film for me I looking at that. I think I'd rather yeah. watch District 9 again other than those, other mm. this one. And uh, the They're very. They're kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. They've kind of got Disenfranchised similar. Disenfranchised aliens. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like District 9 actually typed into an actual narrative that, mm, was, that, yeah, that, that was that was more than just the oh here's some good guys oh here's some bad guys oh mm. they fight avatar's about clo- i made the joke avatar is about colonialism whereas um district nine is about segregation and racism well i mean they're both about that though. they're both about it but it, it I, I just feel as though one story is very much the um we must repel these evil white men whereas <laughs> district nine is is very much more about it, it explores the complexities of those issues more so yeah. than than this film and well, I, I mean that said it's pure, district district it's nine social commentary to yeah. what was going on in south africa at yeah. the time district nine is attempting to communicate that hmm. avatar is is a tech demo with yeah <laughs> with a save the rainforest message yeah. uh, sprinkled through and that's fine we can have both guess what we got both that's that's <laughs> the wonderful thing but even wickers didn't ultimately save the day in he was like forced into his role that's what i kind of like about that movie it's like mm. the oh god 
it's been so long since the movie. I only remember Wickers because Wickers is just fun. Mm. Um, but the um, the actual, that's the other thing. The uh, the alien who we never learn his real name. We he gives he's given an anglicized name. Yeah, Christopher Christopher Robin. Some of that, yeah, and or Christopher Johnson, Christopher Johnson, yeah, yeah, and he's the real protagonist of the film, and he's mm. the one that actually goes off and try, and it's left very much in doubt, but it's kind of hopeful that he's there to, you know, it's going to save everyone else. Two thousand and nine also brought us some not so great films, including Terminator Salvation, oh. um, X Men Wolverine, Wolverine X Men Origins Wolverine, sorry, and um, the Johnny Depp gangster film Public Enemies. I've never seen that. I went to the cinema and saw it, and I regret that decision. Oh. Um, not because it was bad, just because I cannot remember a single thing that happened. <laughs> it, I, I kind of felt like that leaving the cinema, I'm afraid oh. to say. Isn't that one of the worst things to say about a film when you know you've seen you've seen the movie, you've, you physically you've watched, watched it, it, and it's just it went straight through your brain, because mm. it's like, wow, that was just nothing. Yeah. Would you guys like some trivia about Avatar? Please. Yes. Okay, uh, this trivia is all sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true or you don't like it, don't blame me. <laughs> the Navi language was created entirely from scratch by the linguist Dr. Paul Frommer. Uh, James Cameron hired him to construct a language that would be easy for actors to pronounce but would not resemble any human language. Frommer created about a thousand words. Wow. You can actually get like a codex sort of system at uh, you know, uh, Disney World to learn, to learn the Navi language. Apparently. Are they called navigation guides? Ah, oh, that would be good. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bummed. I wish I'd have thought of that. Ah oh, dear. Um, at the time of auditioning, Sam Worthington was living in his car. Wow. Oh. He was down on his luck. And then down got, his luck. Got very up on his luck. So that's oh. why he had the beard. He was just couldn't shave. Yeah. It's hard to do that when you've only got like a rearview mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, you only just, like shave a pit of it because you have to go. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, mm. yeah, just yeah. He kind of looked harmless. He'd have no, no, no hair on his top lip. Yeah. <laughs> but that was all he could do. This coming from two bearded men. In yeah, front of me. that's because it's the style of the time. <laughs> no, uh, I do have a really good convenient excuse. I'm I costume as Thor. Oh. So I need to keep the beard. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, yes, uh, Simon, uh, professional uh, cosplaying costume guy. And uh, very good at it too. Thank you. I used to have to do mascot appearances as a giant newspaper, so I understand Uh, the life that that leads. Uh, You've you've felt the sweat. (laughs) A giant newspaper. His name is Mr. Newsy. (laughs) Nice. Who was this for? I'll never tell. (laughs) Oh, it was just for me. Okay. No, it's just at the convention. We're learning a lot about you tonight. You're attracted to Simba. You, you. Oh, that's just going to follow me. But I, there's heaps of people who are attracted to to old man Simba because he's he's he sings. I don't know. <laughs> so does Hugh uh, Jackman, who is a human yeah, being. Let's just call it Hakuna, Maka, Hakuna Matata because it's a wonderful thing. He's going to Hakuna. Oh dear. <laughs> he's going to Hakuna your matatas. If you know what I'm saying. Oh my goodness. Can you feel the love? Tonight. Tonight. Oh. Uh, James Cameron originally planned to release this film in 1999. Hey, he's got a 10-year. I told you, procrastinator. Yeah, because now it's 10 years from the original that they're thinking Mm -hmm. about releasing it. At the time, special effects uh, that he wanted to make this film increased the budget to an unmanageable $400 million. Mm -hmm. So it was shelved for eight years. Goodness me. Uh, Cameron, also known for uh, being tough on set, allegedly kept a nail gun with him at all times that he would use to nail cell phones that rang during the shoot <gasps> to a wall next to an exit sign. Holy dooly. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to point out just because I, I, I see threatening glances, I have my phone off the entire time. That's that's very good. I, I will put my nail put gun. Put your nail gun. I put think I have nail a gun away. gun in the next Put the nail gun away. <laughs> That's just that's that's hardcore. I, I've heard so many <laughs> stories about James Cameron being just like the biggest prick mm. on a movie set, but I hate to say it, it makes damn good films. Ugh, oh, I hate that though because you're like, do we have to put up with this person? But yeah, the just artist because they're talented. Yeah, the artist versus the art is a, a question I've always yeah. struggled with. This was the first movie to ever cross the U.S. two billion dollar mark worldwide, and later the two and a half billion dollar <laughs> mark. Yeah, uh, making it the highest grossing film in history. Until Avengers Endgame. Oh, and, wow. And 
beating out Jim Cameron's previous effort, Titanic. Mm. So he's got the top top two of the top three. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, by nailing everybody's phones. <laughs> yeah, far out. Well, he had to pay for the replacement phones somehow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, true. His bill racked you know, up. You imagine every single time a phone rings and it's like one thousand dollar iPhone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Sam Worthington, uh, an Australian, as we've established, uh, said in an interview it was easier for him to master the Navi language than the American accent. <laughs> oh. And I think that actually does come across in the film. Just that there are those... I just, think so, yeah. Just those little slips. I think it's the two camera stuff mm. where he is being personal. Yeah. And they're great scenes, but you can just hear that little bit of Australianism yeah. coming through. It's like the end of the words. I, 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 I'll be honest. I don't get that sometimes. Unless it's like a very broad accent. Yeah. Like, g'day, I'm from Rockingham. Oh. That's my Australian accent, Perfect. obviously. Obviously. I don't get why they get so hung up when it's just like, you know, why do you just... You're in space. Just let them speak their natural accent. <laughs> let them act. I think you'll find that everyone that's walked on the moon has been American, though. Only Americans uh, are allowed in space, apparently. Well, you got to remember, all the bad guys in a space movie are, in, are British. That's true. <laughs> you may fire when ready. Yeah. Oh, good. Our first catch of the day. (laughs) And everyone just goes into Peter Cushing. Hmm. Uh, Jake's atrophied legs were prosthetics cast from the legs of a real paraplegic. Hmm. Uh, Sam Withington's real legs were tucked into the wheelchair and then digitally removed in post-production. Yeah, Yeah, no, they they, they look really good. Yeah, I was wondering about that. There were some scenes where I was like... The pants kind of cover it, and it might be his legs. And Those he did early look, shots, yeah. He did look slimmer in the movie than he has in other roles, where he's been like a real beefcake. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no. When you kind of see his bare legs, you realise that they couldn't sort of be this his. This was going back to like the whole thing of you can tell some on the production uh, timeline because I think he looked thinner, like towards like the middle of the film when you know. He, you see him in the um, outpost. Mm. He actually looked a bit thinner there than he did on the earliest, on the other ones where he's like, especially when he's doing more wheelchair work. So that mm. could be it. He, yeah. do, he did look a bit thinner. And yeah. that's also the time when you finally see his legs as they're yeah. atrophied, which I actually thought was a really smart decision. Mm. You know, you're seeing him being more natural. Yeah, yeah. According to James Cameron, the Navi are blue to create a conceptual parallel with traditional Hindu depictions of God, as in Vishnu and his later avatars. Mm. Um, and also because James Cameron really likes the colour blue. Oh, Aww. that's been a pet theory of mine for years. I'm mm. glad it's been confirmed. <laughs> the yeah. Abyss. I knew it. Terminator. Just, mm. You see so many blue colour palettes in his movies. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably do that. Cinematography, yeah. You, can, you, you study Jim Cameron, there's a lot of blue in there. Mm. I just like he gave a very serious answer and then a very like, and I like blue, uh, which is just delightful. And he said it exactly like that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, to help the actors prepare for their roles, director James Cameron took the cast and crew to Hawaii, uh, where they spent their days trekking through the forests and jungles and living uh, like the Navi tribe, as in nice. building campfires, eating fish, yada, 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 in order to get a better sense of what it would be like uh, to be in Pandora. Also because they weren't shooting in actual jungles, they were shooting on sets. I really hope they, he gave them stilts so they could feel like they're 10 feet tall. <laughs> he just gave them lots of compliments and they felt yeah. 10 feet tall. <laughs> Wonder and and no clothes, so it naturally turned blue. Look, I've said a lot of things tonight, <laughs> but you're going to say another something one? that I always wonder mm-hmm. is like they don't wear a lot of clothing. Yeah, no. as I said before, there will be nudity, and blue there butts. was, but they then sit on horses that have these sort of rough looking, and I just I don't know if that's and maybe their skin is tougher. Than, than my skin, but also I just, I would worry about chafing. Let, let's be brutally honest here. The, the genitalia is a little bit higher up. But is it, because the, there's that theory that it's on the end of their like hair that's, dingle that's literally That's literally a gag in the movie. Then where, why um, do they wear it, little flappies in front of their... Because uh, there's this magical... <laughs> you mean their underpants. Because there's this magical force that transcends all fiction and reality. It's called the censorship board. Mm. Could they be That's Barbie why they're style? wearing all these necklaces that somehow strategically constantly place themselves over the nipples. Yes, true. You know, they're running around and yet somehow they're, covered, they're placed she's, precisely. Yeah, she's got like tape, LA tape or whatever it is. I mean, one of the other trivia points which, come, which came up, uh, which relates to this, is despite the fact that the Navi are not 
placental mammals. Mm. Um, wow. James what Cameron insisted from the start that uh, Neytiri and other female characters should have breasts um, so that they would look female from a human point of view. Yeah. Someone also wrote that so they look hot from a human point of view. <laughs> oh, which... for, the ma- for the male gaze. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah, this film does have a very definite white male gaze. I am, oh, I, I am sat there watching it going, <laughs> ah, yes, my eyes have to do no work. This film is doing it for me. But... I am not translating anything. Yes. Hum, hum, hum. Oh, it's a shame they lost. Oh, well. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but yeah, I found it really interesting um, looking at it where it, it does read strange. It, mm. it does read a bit odd, I guess, mm. that that they they look that much human-like, despite their elongated features. I also think that there was a bit of, and this is going to be weird again, but like such rigidity is that a word mm, to mm. their body and, and the breasts yeah. and their bottoms and everything whereas like if you were wearing a necklace and you're just topless mm. there's going to be a lot of jingling and jangling and moving around yeah. because that's the nature of gravity and, yeah. and all those sort of things so I feel like some that was a I, I found myself just kept looking at those things and noticing those things that, that's the power they of the censorship sa- board yeah. it defies all physics yeah uh, no I, I just as you said that I just, my brain went I wonder if anyone's done a critical analysis in Avatar from the uh, from a trans perspective, mm. because it is about you know, tr- especially Jake as a character, he essentially goes through this almost dysphoria to the point where you know he's rejecting the one body to go into another one. I mean, that's not necessarily how trans people work, mm. but I like it's like the Matrix, like the especially after the the Wachowskis both transitioned just like the there was also critical analysis about that like what it what it is to be in an inhabiting a role or in another an avatar i suppose yeah it's it's like is is the mind connected to the body Mm. or is the body the avatar are we all minds living in a husk that like drives us around or we drive around yeah Mm. we we inhabit a um we we inhabit a bone suit with flesh covering (laughs) all interesting questions that I think this film explores but doesn't really answer. But it doesn't I, feel like the film cares about that. Yeah, no, but it's, I, a, it's a means to an end. But I do think you're right. You could certainly do additional reading into it and maybe that's something they explore in sequels. Mm. Who knows? Um, Michael Bean was considered for the role of Colonel Quaritch. He would be James Cameron rejected him because he'd already cast Sigourney Weaver and didn't want people thinking he was thinking he was making aliens again. <laughs> I made the joke that Paul Reiser should have been the evil executive and, yeah. they, and just make it a pure aliens uh, reunion. That would have been brilliant, all three of them. Yeah, could have done it, but I I, yeah. I, I like Stephen Lang. I think he did a great he job. He was brilliant. Just like he was just like pumping iron and then pumping actual iron when he's in that mech suit. He like was, he's just he, he used a mech suit to choose scenery literally. Yeah. It was brilliant. I feel like he was the definition of stereotypical man. He had yeah. scars. Yeah. He was very stoic. Well, even, he never really saw him pull facial expressions until he died. He even says yeah. like went, this Ooh. thing of beauty in the first damn Pandora, I got scars. Instead of fix me up, I used it as an excuse to remind myself. It's like, wow, toxic masculinity. <laughs> You've just embodied <laughs> And how eye. you get that scene where he's like pumping iron yes. and there's all these weights on it and he's he's still like speaking and soliloquizing oh, as he goes. I loved him. He's so terrible he as a character. I love it. Breathe oxygen. Yes. He would the always just use breathe. the opportunity to be like, I'm not gonna <laughs> breathe, I'm just gonna shoot this gun while holding my breath. Mm. I'm too busy killing. I ain't got Leaving time to breathe. Leaving the door open yeah. and creating a biohazard by letting out all the pressure that could have killed people. I it's surely, like surely just went, there's a board. Is there a board? I'm going to talk to the board. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron got the idea for Avatar uh, partly from watching Disney's Pocahontas. Uh, oh. Mm. Um, yeah. He he yeah. apparently is a. Did he go? Imagine this, but blue. I guess. Mm. Um. In much of this movie, Dr. Augustine's avatar wears a Stanford tank top. Scorny mm. Weaver attended Stanford University in the early 1970s. I really like that they uh, they kept her character humanised in the Navi. Yeah. To mm. really kind of... It visually helped distinguish her at a distance. Yeah, but it was just that yeah. thing of like... She's accepted, but not part of it. Not like mm, Jack. And I yeah. thought that was yeah. a really good visual storytelling. Mm. I, I agree. And again, again, it helps differentiate... 
her from the other Navi characters when we're... It, I think it takes the whole film to really tune into the differences between them because yeah. they every, are... Every major character had a distinguishing piece of wardrobe is the loosest term. Like yeah. the chieftain had a hat, the... the the mother had the headdress. Mm. Um, it's Kokoum or that, not Kokoum, whatever his actual name is. Um, and and the the the, the evil the evil yeah. jealous boyfriend. Yeah, Kokoum. Uh, he yeah, had the, he had the mohawk. I love that design. That was so cool. Yeah, he was badass. He, he was, was badass. great. I, I really enjoyed him. Zoe Saldana's uh, co-stars from Star Trek and Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Pine and Chris Pratt, both auditioned for the role of Sully. Oh. Uh, Chris Pine has also said that it was the worst audition he's ever done. Oh. <laughs> but he got to be Captain Kirk. So that's, but, that's not too bad. Yeah. But that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, you, you've already mentioned that. Yeah, she was in two big sci-fi movies in one, one year. Mm. She has done very well for herself, as she said. And, she you know, has. and she's really good in all of them. That's yeah. the other thing. Like... Mm. Uh, hot, hot news off the press everyone Zoe Saldana good actress but yeah. Yeah. you heard it here folks yeah um, the final bit of trivia relates to something that you actually spotted during the film at the beginning of the movie when we see uh, the colonel addressing his men um, there are those blinds yes the American flag blinds yeah so they're metal panels um and blinds and it but the shape is roughly the American and there's flag. like a monitor in the corner and it's yeah it's yeah. the flag uh, mm, that that panel that. in the top corner yeah. has the number 50 engraved on it. Ah! As in, nice! Uh, it is a subtle nod towards... Colonialism. The, well, America. towards the American flag. Yeah, yeah. Towards uh, films like Patton, where you have yeah. the big general character in front of the big flag. Like, mm. it's just that shape. And, and it's really if, interesting you picked up on it. If this movie isn't anything about it, it is literally about the American expansion and mm. the genocide of the native population. Yeah. I do have to say, uh, watching this film in Australia and hearing them use terms like indigenous and aboriginal yes, in a very destructive was, way. Wow. And then you yeah. see the, and then you pan across and you see the people are going, yeah, very ridiculous. Mm. Like, yeah. I was like, that, that, there's a very thin veneer over this allegory, but yeah. you know, that's fine. So all that being said and done, it's time to score the film. And Simon, it was your first time watching Avatar. So you get to go first. What are you going to give Avatar? Out of 10. I am going to give Avatar out of 10 a seven sky jellyfish. Nice. I I did enjoy it. Again, not a movie I would go watch again, but yeah, I I did enjoy it. It was a a good two hours to kill. It was Mm. a really good two hours to kill. Almost three hours. (laughs) Oh, it it felt... Okay, at least it felt like two hours. Okay, that's good. That's good. What about yourself, Sammy? Um, I give it... An Ikran, two Ikrans, a Turok, some of those plum things that he ate in the first, which reminded me of the way. Can we get that in American? Eat stone fruit, which I hate. <laughs> oh, that, um, oh, that, that, that opens a whole can of worms. Um, yeah, I really like this film. I, I think it's beautiful. I think visually it's very beautiful. I don't think the plot line is particularly uh, in, sort of intelligent or groundbreaking, but as a movie to put on while you're doing other things, that. I find, think it's fine. Hmm. Um, I like the transition from the start being, um, you see the Navi avatars and you think they seem really strange and you kind of, you're adjusting to their dimensions. But then by the end of the film, you you start looking at them as the normal thing and you look back at the humans as the obscure, weird things, which proves my theory of zombies that if everyone's a zombie then no one's a zombie and if everyone is an alien then no one's an alien because then you become assimilated with with whoever you're with and the there's always going to be the other but you might have been the other the assimilations in star trek this is avatar i haven't seen star trek the borg I'm sorry. That's one for the Trekkies out there. Sam, what are you giving it out of 10? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you, said all I, these, you said all these Navi things. I thought, is that the numbers? Hmm. Well, don't you know the conversion rates? I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know the, um, the Pandora to give Earth it, conversion. I give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me, yeah, I, I like this a lot more re-watching it than I think I did watching it the first time. Um, but... It is really hard to escape the fact that this is 
a tech demo that seems to have gotten wildly out of control. Um, <laughs> and it's fine. And You know, I probably would watch it again, but it probably will be another decade or yeah. so before I sit Maybe down. when the next one rears its head. Possibly, yeah. You yeah. might Avatar watch 2 it again in 2029. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When that eventually comes out, as I'm there mm. on my deathbed, just as a, as a petrified old man, just like yeah. finally he did it. I just, I just realised we had a Terminator sequel mm. in this year, ten years after Avatar, like, and we didn't have an Avatar sequel. We'll, we'll get there one day. We well, will get there. I follow Zoe Zoldana on Instagram, and she posts recently, or maybe it was earlier on this year, of. Um, screen caps of her actually suited up and ready to oh. Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, maybe. Yeah, so, they've, they've, yeah, they've planned a load of them. But I'm sure a lot of the work is in the putting together Pre- of the CGI. I think yeah. grabbing all the acting and all that is, despite probably being quite oh. complex, is probably the easy part of the Guardians, whole process. Uh, sorry, just quickly. Guardians 3 has officially been announced. That's Ooh. been released, I think it's 2023. I though. have seen that. Excellent. Uh, but I would give it six unobtainiums out of ten. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot of millions. Yeah. That's How many kilos of unobtainiums? Oh, at least two. Like that's, it's that's, two or forty three. million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Do you that's have forty million dollars? Two or three giant trees worth? Yeah. It's certainly not as much money as this film made though. They'll be like, nah, that's fine. What about the plums? <laughs> the plums? What about the what about the Pandora plums? Um, having... Maybe that's going to be in the next film. That's, There's going to be like a little vendor sound... of Pandora plum um, jam. That mm. sounds like a venereal disease, doesn't it? Pandora I've plums. I've got a bad case of the Pandora plum. Yeah. <laughs> They've all turned blue and elongated. What do they do? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Simon and Sam, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Stephen. And for those of you listening in at home, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, we have a number of ways you can get in touch with us. There's Facebook, uh, the other big popular blue thing from 2009. Just search for uh, the Cinema Catch-Up Club in Facebook search engine and give us a like, comment, things there. Just please get in touch with us. It's always lovely to hear from you. You can also subscribe to us through various podcasting services, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. You can just be subscribed, get a fresh episode each and every week. And there is our Patreon with some bonus extra goodies uh, if you join up and become a member of the club for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, James Cameron, I know you've got money. You better join in. Uh, So just search for us over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.